topic I'm going to talk about a little bit this morning, it's been scripture that's obviously been covered in the past, but um, it's kind of, you You often have noticed that probably I've, I've mentioned this, I end up sharing kind of where I am. And right now um, with some of the challenges that, I shouldn't say challenges, some of the things I'm going through in life with a company change and this this whole concept of waiting for God's promise um, becomes a challenge for me. And I, I think you know, probably many of you are not unlike me in, in different situations, but we sometimes get in a hurry for God to work when when he's really trying to teach us something through this. And so this morning, we're going to go to Acts 1, um, verses 4 through 13. And um, we'll just pull a couple of, of truths out of that, and, and maybe this will encourage encourage us to kind of keep waiting and waiting for God to act in our lives. Um, when we think about the books of, book of Acts, it's really often described as the acts or actions of the apostles. Um, but in, in some ways, this could almost be maybe more accurately called the continuing acts or the undertakings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, Luke in his gospel described all that Jesus did and taught when he was here in his humanity. Um in the book of Acts, it's really Jesus continues to teach, but the difference was is he wasn't here, and he was doing this through his apostles. And, and so these disciples had learned um, through living with Jesus um, sort of how to act, but when he went back, um, they were sort of in this conundrum of, of how, do they, how do they work through this, and how do they you know, go forward? Jesus wasn't there to tell them exactly what to do. He was he was gone, and so they were having to learn to to listen to and and kind of submit to the Father through the Spirit. Um, and so in Acts Acts one four through thirteen, I'll just go ahead and read read this, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, it says, "And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith He, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence." When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and to all of Judea and to Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, they beheld, and he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said, said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing in heaven? The same Jesus was just taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And they returned into Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. Um, as we, we look at this particular text, the disciples knew they'd been commissioned, but really at this point, didn't understand what that message really looked like in our lives. You know, verse six, they they questioned Jesus and asked when the kingdom was going to come. They were confused. They and, and rightly so, we would have been um, confused as well. Um, but we find that that Jesus's answer was was wait. God has something special for you. He has something for you to experience. Um, but wait, he'll he'll show you what that's going to look like. Um, he says, you know, you think you want a kingdom where I am reigning, but really what you need is the Holy Ghost dwelling in you. You need to understand and learn what it feels like to have that spirit in your own heart. Um, and again, when we look at this text, we really can't imagine the emotion and the confusion that's going on in their minds. They had witnessed his death. They put him in the tomb. And when it all seemed over, he had miraculously risen. Um, they tried to assimilate that in their minds. And 
surely this was the time the prophet spoken of. Christ was going to establish this kingdom. And, you know, they had served faithfully for three years. They had been trained. They'd remained faithful. Um, you know, they were they were ready to reign. But Jesus was getting them to, ready to understand that why salvation, um, that interest of the kingdom is free. There was going to be a price for what they had to do. Um, they were going to need to learn to serve. And they were going to, and that first step here was waiting for God to work. Um, in verse 9, Jesus disappears from their sight. And um, as they were trying to put all this together, the, the angels show up and they say, well, what are you doing? Get going. He he gave you some instructions. Um, and, you know, they, they went back to Jerusalem and, and you know, how did they handle the confusion they were in? Um, I, I think this is a beautiful part is they they started to pray. Um, we're not given details about how it went, how long. Uh, we just know they prayed. Um, but we continue on the chapter from verse 15. We see that Peter finally stands up and says, well, we need to fill Judas' spot. Again, we don't have the details of why or how. It was probably the next, next logical step. And they were supposed to wait for that coming promise, but the group wasn't complete. There were only 11. So how did they move forward? They selected two men, um, Joseph and Justice, and they j- prayed on them and asked God to show them who had been chosen. They were, they were getting a chance here to practice. And as we go into chapter two, the promise of the spirit coming was fulfilled in a way they couldn't have even imagined. Um, it was a gift given. It gives God being true to his nature and delivering on that promise. It was God showing his omniscience by giving the apostles exactly what they needed when they needed it. Um, and it was also made possible because they were obedient to the commandments that God had given them. They went back to Jerusalem and they had waited. Um, I, I, to me, it's amazing. Can you imagine what it must have been like for the sons of thunder to be secluded? in a room, not knowing what was going to happen. I mean, this wasn't their nature. This wasn't who they were, and yet they were willing to be patient and listen and wait for God. Um, and because they did that, the book of Acts documents the rest of the story of the gospel being unleashed on the unknown world through the faithfulness of those uh, uneducated Jewish men and 120 believers that gathered with them. And at that time, the known world was Asia, Europe, and North Africa. Uh, it's 1,500 years before North America was discovered and the gospel was brought. The uttermost part of the world was something they didn't even know that it existed. Um, they thought they wanted the kingdom to come immediately, but didn't even grasp that God had something so much better coming. So, so from application, how is it for us? Um, I don't know about you, but I, I struggle sometimes waiting for God's timing. Um, don't misunderstand. Patience doesn't mean we do nothing, but the disciples did go back to Jerusalem. They did gather the believers. They did pray. They stayed in one accord. They, they were busy with what God had called them to do. But they stayed within the guidelines he had given them. They waited for the promise of the Father to come. And I I think all of us here, you know, we've we've sort of gathered with this purpose to pray for revival. But uh, And God has called us to pray for that. But he's also called us to be lights in the world. He's called us to live out the gospel. He's called us to love those we interact with, even when um, they aren't so lovable. Um, You know, it might not seem like we're having success or possibly our prayers and day-to-day activities only having a minor impact. But I really think if, you know, someday we'll see it, but I really think we have a bigger influence than what we really realize by kind of continuing to remain that constant, uh, consistent example, just waiting. Think about this. What would have happened if they would have stopped? Or what would have happened if they would have gotten impatient and said, well, you know, nothing's happened. We're going to figure this out on our own. Um, you know, where where would we be today? Where would we, who are really the uttermost part of the world, where would we be if the apostles hadn't shown that patience? So as we conclude here this morning and go to prayer, I want to encourage us to, to wait for the promise of the Father. I, I don't know what that looks like in your lives. 
It's probably different for all of us, um, the things God's called us to do. Um, but discipleship and commitment to God is is not easy. I think we should recognize that. It, it takes um, it takes commitment. It sometimes just feels utterly impossible. Um, you know, we may not see what what we're praying for come to pass. We we agonizingly watch our some of our family member and friends just continue down the road to hell and don't even seem to want to change. Um, they have no interest at all. But we've been called and saved by grace, and we're part of Christ's body. So we are called also to submit our lives to him. Um, so we're instructed to abide there, to abide there, to rest in his love, to submit to the work of the Spirit within our heart, so that we too can be part of that glorious cloud of witnesses that continue carrying out the work of Acts, that continue carrying that gospel forth until God comes back and Jesus reigns supreme.